Hello and welcome to Acting Up, your theatre week with news, gossip, backstage insight and interviews with the stars. Today, part two of my interview with Sharon D. Clark from Caroline or Change and what she thinks about the roles available for black actors in Britain and how television is different from theatre. In television, especially when I first started, all I got seen for was nurses. No one ever wanted to see me for anything else. It was just a nurse. We go backstage and meet Stephen Meir, the award-winning choreographer and dancer who won an Olivier Award for his work on Mary Poppins. I think choreographer, you know, if, if you work well with a director, you're there to put the numbers together and to drive the story forward, hopefully. We also get your view on the show that is changing with its pending West End move, the epic Les Miserables. So joining me as ever, Kerry Ellis. Hello, hello, hello. And Johnny Bunyan. Hello, hello. So how's the week been? Good, very busy, but very good. I mean, I'm at home this week, which is rare for me, but it's been lovely. Do you get like to pick up the kids and yeah. um, sort out? It's the hardest I have to work, to be honest, is when I'm at home. <laughs> when I'm off doing my shows, it's just, you know, it's, it's a breeze. <laughs> but it's been lovely. What about yeah. you, Johnny? Do you know what? It's been a, a lovely uh, weekend of relaxing, but also just sorting out a few things. I had to build a shoe rack, <laughs> which, do you know what? Was it you know, from we, Ikea? No, it actually wasn't. It was from, Ooh, it was from B&M. Yes. Other brands are available. I'm not sure what I took about. <laughs> but no, it, honestly, it was at the top of my stairs. It was so full of shoes. It's so satisfying building a shoe I rack. love that you have a shoe problem. Yeah. Well, it's not a problem. It's just it's a slight, slight messiness, Carolyn. Well, let's move on from Imelda's problem with shoes and uh, talk about... <laughs> Talk about um, uh, news this week and To Kill a Mockingbird and Dr. Doolittle both cancelled, Johnny. Um, this is interesting because it, it obviously means that um, theatres have been left without a show. Yeah, which is actually unheard of. Most venues across the country are always booked up months in advance and they never like it when shows cancel, not just for the audience but also, of course, for the cast in the show. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird has been pulled weeks before it was due to set off, largely because the Broadway production of the play is claiming that it has the rights to take it into the UK next year and has basically sort of kicked up a fuss and said it's time to, time yeah, to cancel it and yeah. it has been cancelled it's uh, fascinating yeah, of course power. it must be difficult though when you're running a theatre you schedule these things in then you've got to suddenly mm. replace it with something it's devastating isn't it I think for everybody you know everyone involved and also I mean are people a bit frightened is Brexit causing a drama think- in the theatre do you think people are frightened to put their money down you know uh, is advanced ticket sales being affected I don't know yeah well Maybe. I mean both shows had cast of more than 20 actors who've now been left out of work of course then there's the crew and creatives and all the people getting the show uh, around so it's quite a big thing when something this big closes it really is it's gutting i'm sure for everybody concerned the only silver lining i think there is to when this happens of course when theatres have got some space there's two potential opportunities to fill it quite quickly one yeah. a fabulous carry Ellis tour ah. or an acting up <laughs> podcast tour there we, we, we go yeah. Yeah. we yeah. should go on tour i love that people would be um yeah um, rushing to see us on stage, <laughs> chatting away about Johnny's shoes. And um, <laughs> Regent's Park uh, Open Air Theatre were involved in this production. Um, they, of course, are not really doing their shows outdoors at the moment, <laughs> please God. Um, but uh, that, that must be one of the things that they then have to consider they're going to do this summer because there's, uh, it's always a great place to go and see a show oh, yeah. as long as it doesn't rain. It can be very nasty at Regent's Park Open Air when it rains, but actually what I love about that venue is, unless it's full-on torrential, they continue. They yeah. keep going, they which is amazing. Course, it? it really show is. show must go on. Absolutely. Talking about the show going on, John Barrowman on tour. Aww. Uh, he's going to be doing a 12-tate uh, tour, celebrating th- 30 years on stage and screen. 
which, you know, I know, obviously, he's done so much stuff, but when you hear that, it makes me feel old for a start But you think of, you know, when John was doing things like Sunset, and he has done so much. If you look back on his career, there's endless amount of TV, theatre. He's had his own, like, variety shows. He has, you know, albums, and he obviously went and broke America. He did the show Arrow, and he's been, you know, a doctor. He's done all these amazing things. And and in I'm a Celebrity. And, oh, he was fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous. Sorry, I should have probably broken the microphone then. Um, but yeah, he was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And I adore him, and good luck to him touring the UK. I think people are going to be in for a right yeah. treat. It yeah. opens Savoy Theatre on June 16th, that's in London, but then goes off to Glasgow, Newcastle South, then Liverpool. So watch out for him turning up. I don't know if he's going to wear his big, long coat from uh, from the, the show. What was the, the sci-fi show set in Cardiff? Torchwood. If aliens are going to visit planet Earth... The place they're going to go is Cardiff. <laughs> Why Cardiff? Yeah, that's, that's the whole series it. was set in yeah. Cardiff. So, yeah, so all oh, the alien course, creatures yeah, went to Cardiff, yeah. presumably to yeah. be under and the wire. There. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, though, watching him on um, I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. He, it was the passion and soul he has just for people. It's so lovely. He was so brilliant. so genuine. I thought, and actually, he opened the uh, this week the National Television Awards with a fabulous song and dance number, mm. and I just thought he's just moving like he did. 30 years ago. Yeah. It's just incredible. He's brilliant. Good stretching. We love him. Good stretching. We Talking of um, great hoofers, um, Charlie <laughs> Stemp uh, is going to be Aww. in Mary Poppins. Dates announced for the upcoming revival at the Prince Edward Theatre. Um, a terrific show. Wonderful, Charlie Stemp. He's just, you know, he's a force, isn't he? He's just going to be one of those big, huge superstars. And rightly so. He's so talented. And he's such a nice guy. Um, he went to the same college as me. And we did a performance at the, I think it was at the Albert hall and he was one of my like dancers and now he's like this big huge superstar and good luck to him he's lovely and um him and uh zizi stralin will be marvelous yeah one of the strallens in that one as well of, yeah. absolutely many. and um yeah they'll be fabulous together yeah. she's gorgeous and and she'll make the perfect mary again and they'll just be fabulous go and see it and of course with the film that's uh, just out with emily blunt it's kind of that show you you would go and see now because you want to see. I mean, I know that obviously the the first film was on TV over Christmas, but actually seeing the live show is just something special. Oh yeah, I can't wait. In fact, I I haven't seen um, the two of them together, so I think um, I might even try and get a ticket myself. I think they'll be absolutely fantastic together, and I think you're right about the film. The film was just such a beautiful homage to the original film. Um, homage, I like that word. Homage, well, it was. Yeah. Homage, it was. Yeah. And, and I think actually what's <laughs> lovely about this production of Mary Poppins coming back into the West End, it is the most recent touring production, so the design is slightly different and the feel of the show will be slightly different, although it is of course nice, it's coming back to the Prince Edward where it originated in the West yeah. End, so it's going to be exciting. Nice. Yeah. And Charlie's done, the only thing about him I find fascinating is he's quite kind of tall. You know, he he's tall, uh, And he? there he does all these great dance routines he- and so on. You think, you know, how much stage is there? <laughs> step in time that's <laughs> ah, very good I like that's that very good <laughs> well let's move on to a star of a West End show Caroline I'll change it's Sharon D. Clark, who I spoke to last week about the show but this week wanted to ask her about performing as a black actor in, in theatre and on TV oh and I love Sharon D. Clark. I obviously did We Will Rock You with her a million years ago and she's just an amazing human being and has lots to say has lots of experience and yeah, what did she have to say? I missed it. I need to see, hear the uh, the interview. I look on it that my parents left Jamaica and came here in order to give me a better life. And yes, my life would be very different had I been born and raised in Jamaica. Here, I have had the opportunity to follow my particular dream, 
through to its nth degree and have all the support and love and belief that I I could have and that my parents invested that not just in me but in their society around them you know my my family were one of the first families that moved into Tottenham with one of the first black families in Tottenham and so the changes that they've had to ring through of you know being asked what it was like to, to live in their cave and then the woman who asked my mum that being a bit peeved when my mum showed her a picture of their lovely house of the veranda um you know just getting scrag ends of meat and doing things like taking those scrag ends of meat from the butchers and cooking up really nicely and then taking them back and letting them taste the food and then they would start to give my mum better cuts of meat all those kind of things that she broke down those stereotypes to enable her and us as a family to integrate into this society where initially when they came they were running through the streets away from Teddy Boys and the NF. Do you know what I mean? The, yeah. the, the, Which given they were invited, I mean yeah, they must yeah. have thought, oh we're we going to this yeah, great country, smart, they're looking mean? forward to seeing us. Yeah. And yeah, and they've asked us to come and, and we're, we're doing this work, you know, lots of black women went into nursing but still pushing through, still doing all of that work. And I think when you've made such swathes in society and, and made yourself a part and given the best of you and your culture <laughs> and everything about that, it is a real slap in the face to have that negated in any sort of way. The reason I asked about the number of roles you've played where you've got an American accent um, mm-hmm. and your role on Holby City, do you ever feel that you've not been given a fair chance at some roles, say, in the West End or in theatre anywhere because because you're a black actress, um, you know, and I know people like Adrian Lester I've seen taking on lead roles in shows and so on, but, I mean, is that something you you feel? For me, it's not really in theatre. For me, it's in television. My theatre roles have, luckily, although 95% of them are American, they are very diverse roles. Um, lots of, you know, I've done things like Killer Queen, Odessa in um, Amen Corner... Oda May Brown. Brown, I was going to say, yeah. They're, they're, they're very different characters, and not all of them are supposed to be black. Killer Queen wasn't written as black, she was written as white, so the fact that I was playing her, they thought out of the box, that's fantastic. My thing is, in television, especially when I first started, all I got seen for was nurses. No one ever wanted to see me for anything else. It was just a nurse, because that's how casting thought of black women. And most black women that I grew up seeing on telly were nurses. And I got to a point where I I wouldn't audition for telly anymore because I just didn't want to play another nurse. And when Holby came around, it was like, my God, she's a doctor and she's got some status and she has opinions and she's strong and she's the kind of woman that I wanted to see on telly when I was growing up. Yeah, no-brainer, absolutely got to play Lola. What a joy. But it's I found that most of... The stereotyping for me has been in telly. And uh, what about the American side of things? Uh, would you like to do more British stuff? Represent I'd love to uh, do represent more. the culture I'd that you've grown to. up in. Exactly. Yeah. I, that, you know that is my experience, and I'd I'd love to see that on on the theatre stage more often, so that people like me when I was growing up see themselves represented on on, on stage, and also that there are. British stories to tell and I would love to tell those stories and a case in point was the series that I did recently called Informer which was set in London Rose was um, she was of African descent but she was a Londoner grown up in London loves London I think the way that Informer 
portrayed London as another character in the series, raw and vibrant and eclectic and diverse. It's the London that I know. And so for me to be a part of that show, I was very, very proud of it because I felt like I was, you know, representing the London that I know and love. And I'd love to do more of that on stage. Shandy Clark there talking about, um, well, the trouble she's had with maybe the electronic media, but actually the success she's had on stage. And wouldn't it be lovely to see her in more British productions as well? In fact, we could do in more British productions generally uh, in the West End. Now, it's um, acting up with Kerry Ellis and Johnny Bunyan and me, Jamie Crick, and we're talking about your theatre week. When you buy clothes from Balkan, you're not buying from just another online retailer. You're buying from a five-star rated brand. Fit and quality is at the heart of everything we do. And you're not buying throwaway fashion either. You're buying meticulously crafted, elegant pieces that you'll love forever. Our collections are defined by foundational pieces infused with timeless essentials and relevant trends. Marie Claire described our collections as everyday designs with a cool fashion edge. And The Telegraph said, if you're after a perfectly pulled together, paired back capsule wardrobe, then Balkan is your go-to. Right now, you can enjoy a little luxury for less in our end of season sale. And with free delivery and returns when you spend £59, there's never been a better time to try us. In fact, the only difficult bit is spelling our name. Balkan. B-A-U-K-J-E-N. Find us at Balkan.com. That's B-A-U-K-J-E-N.com. Now, we've been asking you to get in touch and tell us about your nightmare stories in the theatre. Kerry shared uh, (laughs) one of hers. We talked about Aladdin, where the lamp just wasn't there when it should have been. And we're getting loads of response from you. Thank you so much for those. Uh, Easy to do. It's hello at actinguppod.com to tell us your stories. Johnny, what have you got? Well, we've had such a great response so far. Thank you to Caroline Rogers, Carl Ragg, Claire Freeman and many more. We're hoping to talk to some of you on the podcast about your story next week. But I had to share with you, Amanda Campbell's got in touch all the way from Missouri. Oh, Very exciting. Um, she has been going to theatre school for a while. In her first summer, they worked on a particular production and essentially it was set in a restaurant. There was a health inspector and things go wrong and there ends up being a rat in the restaurant. Well, only the rat we had was missing a tail. So one of the girls had to make a tail. However, come showtime during that scene, the person who was supposed to bring out the rat completely forgot. So they had to jump around acting like there was a rat and even act like they caught it in their hands and threw it. It was a funny scene in the first place, but that definitely made it even more hilarious. So yeah, fantastic. We, well, we want to Very hear from good. you if you've got a story of things that went wrong. And uh, yeah, it's hello at actinguppod.com. And we're going to be talking to some of the people who've been in touch on the show and of course we'd like to get some of our entries uh, to come in and see us and be part of the show in the future so if you've got a good story get in touch hello at actinguppod.com send us your emails now we like to look backstage at the people who make the shows what they are not just the performers who of course are there every single night entertaining us but how how does the show come together well johnny each week is uh, going out and talking to different people who have you got for us this week I've got a corker, I have to say. Mm. Stephen Meir, the oh, epic choreographer. Love Stephen Meir. Tell me why. Why do you love I him? I just adore him. You know, he's one of those people that has 
come up through the ranks and he's done it all you know he if you there was something um on social media actually this week about i think it was a panto program and there was a there was a lovely young picture of Stephen Meir as as an ensemble dancer and i just love that story you know that he's just become you know the magnificent choreographer director extraordinaire mm. that he is now and and i love him i adore and pre- him presumably actually that also comes from having done you know, having been in the chorus, I think, yeah, and you, you know come all the way through, you about. know what you're talking about, and you about. know yeah. how to talk to people, and that's so important when you're in a company, or how to communicate and how to get the best from people. Another person that does it brilliantly, I'm sorry, I'm going a bit off key here, is, is Trevor Nunn. You know, he knows how to speak to people. He's adorable. We love him, and Stephen Meir is one of those people. I love, I love Kerry. Go, She's go, go. Drop, go. No, drop, go. A, drop a few <laughs> names. You know, me and Trevor. Me and Trev. Know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Well, I have to say, I haven't quite met Trevor yet. Maybe that happen at some point um but we'll get him in we will indeed <laughs> Stephen Meir he's an eight-time Olivier Award nominee one for the amazing choreography that he did with Matthew Bourne on Mary Poppins he is involved in the new production coming into the West End hey. he's also a choreographer for Broadway's uh, version of the, Li- the Little Mermaid mm. by Disney so he knows what he's talking about I sat down with him and began by asking him what does the role of choreographer entail on a big West End musical I think choreographer you know if, if you work well with a director you're there to put the numbers together and to drive the story forward hopefully by the choreography not just dance for dance sake and you work around the characters you have and never give them anything they shouldn't be doing it's obviously a very big role from start to finish kind of what is the role the role is really to teach the moves and the dance moves to all the ensemble and the principals keeping it true to the character and true to the story and um it's just it's putting on numbers together sometimes the massive numbers that build and build and then there's sometimes there's just numbers with two people or three people or even a solo but i think even starting from the song itself you start with some kind of movement which is also the choreographer's department um, you've worked on incredible hit shows both here in the west end and on broadway how does the work ethic and style differ on broadway i think the work ethic is more or less the same if you're you know there's the same thing but on broadway you it just seems that everybody lives on Broadway to be in a show. Whereas if you live in the West End, you do all sorts of jobs. But everybody wants to be on Broadway. It's amazing. So it's like when you come out of stage door, stage door is full. You know, you're lucky if you've got your mum and dad in, the ones in London. But I think there's so much more pressure on you, I think, taking a show to Broadway, especially if you're English and you're doing a show out there. Let's talk about Mary Poppins. You co-choreographed the show yeah. with the fabulous Matthew Bourne. What was the process like working on a brand new Cameron Macintosh musical, of course, with Disney and Matthew Bourne? I mean, that was a fantastic experience because I think everybody thought we'd be wrestling on the floor because we're like two totally different choreographers. Matthew Did is... you work with him before? Never, never. I've known him for years, but not never worked with him. But, um, like, I'm a tap dancer, so and I kind of I did all the vaudeville stuff more and the showy stuff, whereas Matthew did all the balletic stuff. But saying that, we intervened our numbers together. I think the perfect example of me and Matthew in the show, I'd say Jolly Holiday with Bert and all the statues, because it's all the balletic stuff and the vaudeville stuff mixed together. And it was a fantastic collaboration. I mean, we are like chalk and cheese. I don't think the show would have worked if it had just been either one of us. But on that, it's quite rare to see two choreographers on a musical. What was the decision behind that? Why did that happen? Um, that was Cameron's idea. I think Cameron knew we could both bring something different to the show that each other don't do, you know. And I, I think it worked brilliantly. I wouldn't want to do it too many times. <laughs> but I did love every second with Matthew. Um, you've been involved in Poppins in various incarnations, both here, of course, and abroad. 
Can you explain why a show changes and also how that can affect the choreography? Um, the show changes all the time. I mean, when once we got Scarlett Strallen come in as the second Mary, we I made well the dancing a bit harder for her than you know the original girl, Laura Michelle, because she was a, a stronger dancer. And so we've kept that in now. And also when you go on tour with a show, you revisit it and you can fix all those things. You go, oh, I wish I'd have done that or wish we had time. Like we've got a new house now. The house doesn't fly in like it used to. It's a beautiful house that opens. It's like a chocolate box. And it's actually far better. Like a doll's house, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's far better for me. I think it's beautiful. And there's loads of things we revisit and make better and better and stronger yes. and tighter and and give more detail. And I think more detail you have in shows, especially in dance numbers, it's so fabulous to watch. In terms of this production, the revival of Mary Poppins coming in back to the West End this Christmas, can you tell us anything that's going to be different that you're kind of working on, any well, teasers? I think we're going to reapproach things like Temper Temper or playing the game as there's, there's a number with the toys. We're going to revisit that, I think. And we're going to, you know, Charlie Stemp's coming in. So, we're, you know, I want to establish... Gavin Lee was an amazing tap dancer, so I based stepping time around him a lot. But uh, I, I, we want to change it for him as well to give him a chance. Because ZZ has done it, who's playing Mary, and she's already doing a hard version. So, yeah, we, we'll, there's loads of things we're going to revisit and take a good look at. Well, that's fascinating what you're saying there about the idea that actually an actor also can have an influence. How, so, how does that work? So, in terms of the actual choreography, so you said you kind of designed the original around Gavin Lee. Yeah. How does it is, it, is that down to their ideas or their ability? Yeah, their ability. I knew Gavin very well, so I know how far I could push him tap wise and push him even further without giving him a breakdown. Uh, Charlie, I don't know. Um, I only know of and have seen who I, I think he's fabulous. Because we let Gavin put some of his tap steps in and I combine them with mine and twist it so it gives a different mix. So I wanted to see what Charlie can bring to it as well. And Matthew will be the same, you know, when we get to different numbers. We want to try and make it his own. After all the success you've had and all the shows you've worked on, what kind of gets you out of bed in the morning? What do you still look for and kind of what you're looking for? Listen, I love creating. I love creating on new people I've not worked with. I love doing new shows. You know, I, I, I remember, you know, I've done quite, I, I know I'm known for the older shows, but, I, you know, I did a few new ones. When we worked on Acorn Antiques with Victoria Wood, I mean, that was like a, a masterclass. And there's times when you work with fabulous people that you just can't wait to get into work and create on them. I get very excited still by building a big dance number and I just love it. So. Well, on that, give us a little tease. What's coming up for Stephen Lear this year? This year, I am going to go to Paris and do... I'm directing and choreographing Guys and Dolls at the Marinade Theatre in Paris on the Champs-Élysées. And then I'm going to do um, a little shop of horrors in uh, Chester. And then... Poppins, we start Poppins, the West End. It's a busy year. Yeah, very busy year, but fabulous year. I'm very lucky. So that's what it takes to be a choreographer and an award-winning, Olivier award-winning choreographer as well at Stephen Meir there, talking to Johnny. Uh, so, Kerry, tell us about... Well, you Googled yourself this week, so I love that. <laughs> I did Google myself shamelessly <laughs> yeah, for I a 10-year ha- challenge to get a picture. Right. But yes, no, um, what's going on with me? Well, I'm about to perform this Sunday in Birmingham at the Town Hall with a wonderful orchestra. It's called A Night in the West End with me, Kerry Ellis, and... Uh, we have a choir, I think they're called the Let's Sing Choir. There's a competition winner who gets to sing a duet with me. Uh, oh, that's exciting. I know, I'm very excited. So who I get to meet on Sunday. Do you know what you're singing? 
Uh, I believe it's for good, I think. Ooh, a song I might oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Um, yeah, hopefully. hopefully no, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm, I love getting to sing with an orchestra and, it, and I love Birmingham and uh, should be a good fun yeah, night. And a great venue. Nice crowd. Lovely really lovely crowd. people. We yeah. love Birmingham. So yeah. come see me if you haven't got a ticket yet. Fabulous. Well, I um, nipped down to Joe Allen's, the uh, theatre brasserie, as they call themselves. Mm. Uh, and, of course, uh, Cathy and Josephine were there uh, chatting over a cup of coffee. I interrupted and joined in uh, just to talk about uh, their theatre week. It's all a little bit sort of sad round here. We've got no 42nd Street, no Dream Girls, and we lost Kinky Boots. So that's three quite major performances already. However... We are about to get the nine to five and um, the rather exciting waitress in as well. So yeah. we're very excited about that. Though I did want to ask Josephine if you knew who was um, replacing Louise Redknapp because didn't she fall over and did hurt she herself? Her head or something? Yeah, it's awful, isn't poor, it? poor girl. Yes. I don't know what the news is on on I mean, Oh, is it coming ooh. down the hotline? Oh, here we are. Coming down the hotline due to injury. Louise Redknapp will be joining the show from late March, and Caroline Sheen will be playing the role instead. I'm sure Caroline Sheen will be. Brilliant. Fantastic. But because there's a lot going on in a theatre, isn't there? People just see the, the shiny, nice bit when they're sat in the audience. But, of course, backstage, as you know, there's the ropes and the props and all sorts of stuff. Terrifically, uh, that's exactly right. In Phantom, which would never pass any health and safety, I believe, now. <laughs> today. Today. Right. So yeah. we're talking, yeah. frankly. So talking about back in the day. So about back in the day where, health where... and safety run round. The... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Those mannequins, if you've seen it at the, at the top of Act 2, are all on kind of massive metal spikes and they do occasionally become disconnected and thump into the floor. Can you imagine if you were underneath? <laughs> Dead in a moment. Seriously. I'm not sure if one has ever come uncoupled but it certainly could and uh, yeah, that yeah. would be the end. So it's, it's quite often people think, you know, it's, uh, it's great. Performers get to you know wear the sequins and do the show but actually, you know, it can be quite dangerous really and uh, they're, they're doing a lot more and of course we all know the exercise involved yeah. and the fitness involved in doing it. Well if you look up in a theatre as well you see all those huge lights don't you, hanging down above you and it makes you realise that you have to be in certain places on certain yeah. cues and where they are and all those, yeah, I mean it's quite phenomenal. Shane Ritchie tell us, talk to us about <laughs> Shane. Oh I love Shane Ritchie, I've known Shane for, for years and he's just such a brilliant performer in all areas. I mean, he's the real deal. Way back in the day when he was doing Grease at the Dominion, do you remember that? With Craig McLaughlin. I mean, Shane was just awesome, and still is. And he's going into Jamie. Everybody's talking about Jamie as Loco Chanel, and I cannot wait to see him. He's such a versatile performer. So here he is, you know, doing, doing drag and so on. But, I mean, he's done so much different stuff, television shows and so on. Yes, he has, and he is such a fine actor. I think one often forgets that when people are in musicals. You think, oh, they can sing and they, and they can dance. But actually, he's also a phenomenal actor. Great comedy timing. And in terms of the new shows, Cathy, you mentioned Waitress. So obviously, it seems you guys are very excited about this because it's set in... Yes, in, it's set in a restaurant. Haven't in a restaurant, and it's in America, excited. and it's... Yeah, I mean, this is no, a theatre... Exactly. American theatre diner. I mean, it should be extremely exciting. Though I do want to actually go back to 9 to 5 for a second because I've just realised that Bonnie Langford is in there, who has been a customer with us probably for... Um, at, which used to come in when she was, uh, you know, a, a youngin. And also, talking of people who are very funny, Brian Connolly's in, who I haven't seen, I believe. Brian Connolly? Is it, I think is so. Oh, is it Connolly? Brian yeah. Connolly. Ah, oh, no, yeah. somebody, not, not who I was thinking of, but how exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so Always quite, get it wrong. I mean, it's quite interesting, though, because uh, we've got a lot of, d of different new shows 
that are going to be coming on come from away, of course, is just round yeah. the corner at the Phoenix, which was just so incredible and has been a massive hit on Broadway. Yeah, I'm very excited about seeing Kathy and I yeah, going, are we not? Yeah. With, with, with the lovely so, Alan Hood yes. from What's On Stage. Yes. But, you know, I've had people say to me, it's the best thing I've ever seen. And seriously? Yeah, seriously. Well, yeah, Becky wow. said it was the best thing I've ever seen. So wow. that's a lot to live up to. I don't like to go to shows in a way, when people have said that, because it kind of you, you do, prejudges yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. now you've but just ruined it for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> well, watch this space, we'll tell you what it's like. And, and just, uh, just, I mean, this time of the year, the restaurant, is it fairly quiet? Is it January? Well, or is, the, the, is it that comfort food time where well, people it, think, let's go to Joe's, it's warm? It's that kind of funny, weird week, isn't it, where you can feel that everybody's sort of getting the credit card bills in, and it's really cold, and there's a load of people. I'm now going to give a very, very Paddington Bear's stare at Josephine, who are doing things like Dry January, which should be illegal and is absolutely crucifying no, our industry. Oh, it gone soggy? Oh, fabulous, darling. Oh, that's marvellous. Quickly, before we finish, um, you raised some money, didn't you? Oh, which, yes. um, our, which is a pet, great uh, cause. Yeah, one of our pet charities is, uh, well, our pet charity is Cardboard Citizens, who are these amazing people based over in sort of Allgate Whitechapel, and they work with the homeless, and we, we always think that the homeless are the guys on the street, and of course they are, in, they are there, and they they need all the love and the help we can get, but there's also a lot of hidden homeless who sofa surf and, and uh, are just sort of in temporary accommodation in hotels, etc. And a lot of them have uh, mental health issues or coping mechanisms, or they haven't. And, and what the, th- the uh, guys at Cardboard Citizens do is they use theatre to help them get uh, those that have fallen on hard times find ways to reconnect with society, to find their inner strength, to find raise a way self-esteem. to raise their self esteem and to give them the confidence to get back out there and to bring joy back into their lives. And we managed to raise £2,300 over the Christmas period from our lovely customers, oh, which we're I very, very I'm proud and happy about. That. So we're, we're so pleased and we've whizzed that over to them. So hooray for that. You're listening to Acting Up each week, your theatre week here with Kerry Ellis, Johnny Bunyan and me, Jamie Crick. Next week, we're going to look at something that's happening this Friday. It's the Stage Awards. And uh, these are given out to the people who make the theatre shows happen. So the technical teams and the choreographers and directors and so on. And that's happening on Friday. So we'll get the stage on next week to tell us a bit more about who won what and why. Um, Talking of great shows, let's talk about Les Miserables because we've uh, mentioned it a couple of times recently and you've um, asked the audience. Indeed. It's a show that we've been talking about, all the changes, of course, that are coming into the West End at the end of the year. I've wanted to know exactly what the audience think of the show at the moment. I thought it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I wasn't quite sure what I was expecting because it was uh, bought for me as a present. And what, what occurred to me was it, it's, it's like a, an opera, really, and I was quite surprised at that. Pleasantly surprised. I thought Lemmy's was very good. I thought the guy who played the lead was fantastic. Absolutely superb. It's the fourth time I've seen it. So. Oh, wow, OK, big fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big fan, yeah. The music, the quality of the singing, all the different storylines all the way through it, it's just superb. I know all the songs, a whole lot. Yeah, it was really good. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, it was absolutely magical. I've seen it about seven times and it's wonderful every time. Is this your first time? Uh, It is, yeah, first time live. Compare it to the movie and it's a lot better. Oh, fantastic. And what brings you back every time after time? I don't know, it's just wonderful. (laughs) Gives you a lovely feeling. It's amazing, the singing, just everything. Wonderful. I'd go again in a minute. The views of some of the people who went to see Les Miserables this week and uh, were standing in the cold talking to Johnny. Yeah, but they had a warm glow after seeing it. 
and after meeting me as well. Obviously. Yes. It was yes. great. And they must have rushed to the Theatre Cafe for those special cakes. Well, indeed, it's been announced today that Waitress will partner the Theatre Cafe, London's first ever theatre-themed coffee shop, and it's going to be making and selling delicious fresh pies each night at the show. And these obviously are sweet pies, essentially, with cream and all sorts. If you head, by the way, to Acting Up Pod on Twitter and Instagram, you can see the fabulous picture that they put up. Um, audience members will also be able to buy the famous Waitress pie jars in Apple Crumble. Oh, chocolate salted caramel. Oh, choc- that's the winner. See, you like that. I'd or, I'd probably or, more apple crumble. Definitely chocolate. Banoffee. Or, or which one? Banoffee. Oh, like? banoffee. Banoffee. Is it not fey? Banoffee. Banoffee. Uh, <laughs> you see, Kerry, he's... For those re- Kerry, he's really posh. <laughs> so it's banoffee. I'll translate. It's yes, banoffee. It's morning side. That's... <laughs> Um, well, before... <laughs> it's going to be the Adelphi Theatre, by the way, just to be clear. It starts on the 8th of February. Thank you very much. And thank you both for being with us this week <laughs> on Acting Up. Uh, and we'll be back to talk about cakes, Johnny's Yay. shoes and all sorts next week mm-hmm. at the same time. But in the meantime, if you've listened, then obviously we need you to tell others about it and give us a review. So come on, guys, make sure you subscribe to us and give us that five-star review. Thank you very much and we'll see you next week. Acting Up is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddyneesmedia.com.